pod friends welcome to another episode of and how did that make you feel my name is rachel and i chat to people about their experiences in therapy and counseling to try and normalize the conversation a bit i'm doing things a bit differently this evening because i have literally just finished speaking to um the guest for this episode normally i do this little introduction when i'm editing it but i've been so oh impacted by the my my guest's story and she shares it so um eloquently and with so much passion that i just i had to record the introduction straight away and really the introduction is there's no introduction we're just going to get straight into the episode so please enjoy um my conversation with blessing but i will at the top i will um give her instagram account a massive shout out she is at blessing data b-l-e-z-z-i-n-g-d-a-d-a so please go and follow along what she's doing and enjoy our conversation so blessing lovely to see you thanks for agreeing to come on the podcast Thank you so much for having me today. And um, where where are you where are you based at the minute? Um, so I'm currently based in Dublin. Um, I originally grew up in North Dublin, so I'm basically uh, residing in South Dublin at the moment. Oh, you uh, crossed the river. Oof. <laughs> yeah, born and raised in Dublin. Uh huh. There. Lovely. Yeah, I lived in Dublin for four years. Um, went to university there, so I'm a big, big fan of Dublin. Um, <laughs> and so, what, what, what do you do with yourself? Are you studying? Are you working? Um, I'm currently a youth and community development student and volunteer in youth services. Um, and then I'm a mental health ambassador for Sea Change, um, and panelist for spun out um, the Shona project and just get involved in different projects here and there in the meanwhile. <laughs> Keeping yourself busy. Yeah. For Great. change. <laughs> Great. Um well we'll get we'll get stuck in then. Um you know the whole point of the podcast is I benefited so much from hearing my friends talk openly about going to therapy and that made me kind of think, oh that is something that I can do or I can go to and you know really really needed it um so when where did you first or what was your first experience of therapy or counseling um so basically I've always just struggled with my mental health my whole life um and didn't really register the struggle until I was like between 12 and 14 um and kind of tried to speak up about it and basically didn't get much help at all um, when I was under 18 um, so after I turned 18 I just had to take things into my own hands um, because I was just so desperate to mm. try and navigate this confusing journey alone um, so for the first time I kind of accessed counselling um, originally I was looking at the usual that people would do like google up like services to look up um, so like results came up like, you know, Jigsaw and Shine and et cetera. Um, but I would kind of like have initial conversation, conversations with Jigsaw and I was told like sometimes, 
that you know my case is just too difficult oh. um, and it's a bit more serious and to go to my GP doctor about it um, so this was about early of 2019 I've been going to my GP doctor about it since 2018 mm. and then really pushed for it in 2019 um, and basically I'm with a new GP doctor at the moment actually um, and the reason why I changed was because um, I would bring up my struggles and I was just dismissed, you know, as usual, you, women's health isn't taken seriously in yeah. this country. Um, and I was just gaslighted to feel like it was all in my head or I was attention seeking and etc. cetera. Um, oh. And it was just going on for the past year. Um, and then in September, 2019, um, it was my first attempt of suicide and then afterwards I went to my GP doctor again after you know everything kind of calms down and yeah nothing was being done about it um and it was actually my friends that sat with me and called Pieta House um for me mm -hmm. um and that was like my first point of contact of counseling um, so I began that in September 2019 and I was there until January 2020 and my GP was aware of all this and I was struggling with college at the time mm -hmm. so I was getting sick letters from my doctor you know that I have anxiety and depression and like just to help with college but like I was getting all these notes but I wasn't getting help from him and I was getting like antidepressants but I was kind of like are you gonna refer me to somewhere or like give me advice and everything and I just wasn't getting any of that mm. um so I finished with Pieta House in January of 2020 and then I went on to and I, I think this was like meant to be <laughs> by God literally because I was on Twitter and I follow a lot of mental health organizations. Um, so I was following um, Suicide or Survive. And literally, there was a tweet saying that, like, they were going to start their Eden program tomorrow. So it's kind of like an educational slash therapeutic kind of program. Hmm. More, more kind of like educational, but the requirements would be that you would have to have a therapist um, to kind of proceed on the program to help with both sides mm -hmm. um so I literally signed up very last minute because <laughs> they're about to begin like the next week and etc and yeah the two facilitators were amazing they interviewed me um so I literally went straight from Pieta House to that program and I was there from January 2020 to I think mid-July mm -hmm. um and in the meanwhile, I was still trying to look for a therapist at the time because that was the requirement. Um, and they were just so understanding because the struggle was just very hard. Um, I was actually homeless at the time as well last year. Mm -hmm. um, so I just didn't have the money to look for a private therapist. Um, I found really amazing ones at like Insight Matters, but they're private um, counseling service so I just didn't have the money um, 
So I went back to like Jigsaw and Shine and etc. And I was just told again that like my case was just too difficult. Mm. And I knew it was personally as well because there is just so much to dissect with my trauma from like childhood up until last year mm-hmm. and even currently as well. Um, so basically I relapsed again and I was back at Pieta House from April of 2020 to around July of last year. Mm-hmm. Um, I also had a mental health uh, key worker. So she was kind of working with me um, on keeping me stable and trying to push me through homelessness. Mm. But at the same time, a lot of the work that happened, it was me that had to do a lot of the research. Um, a lot of miscommunication was happening because um, I didn't understand what a mental health worker is or was supposed to do. So I thought like, okay, like I have something stable in my life. Like I can finally start trying to recover. Um, and then that got taken away from me because I was changed throughout different homeless services because I was just too difficult to, to be kept in. And so sometimes I either ended up in the streets um, or was in hostels and there was one hostel that was really good, but they weren't able to look after me mentally. Um, So I was told, okay, there's a homeless hostel that has good mental health services for you. We'll move you there. And I was like really excited Mm. um, because I thought I was finally going to get help. And when I moved there, it was the opposite. It was actually worse off. Um, The mental health nurse was only there once a week. And she was only there for about two hours a day. And yes, it was a white mental health nurse. So I was just a lot of... um, unconscious biases and Mm -hmm. stereotypes were happening and I was just not taken seriously Mm -hmm. at all so basically there's just a lot of like um relapses that happened last year um thankfully I'm out of homelessness at the moment it's just not steady at the moment because I'm a student and so I'm on unemployed and I'm not eligible for social welfare so it's just like I've just not had space to try and recover. I just keep functioning in trauma mode. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I kind of relapsed again in February this year, a second, second or third suicide attempt. And at the age of 21, it took three suicide attempts for me to finally get a social worker when I've been trying to for my whole life. Mm -hmm. Um, so at the moment, she's helping me with um, trying to get mental health services and just trying to keep me out of homelessness and et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, and after the incident in February, I finally got to see a doctor. And now I'm finally um, being pushed towards getting a mental health team. So like occupational therapists and psychologists and etc and sometimes I reflect back and I'm just thinking you know it took 21 years for all this to happen I've always just fallen through 
the loophole. Um, I was always gaslighted and passed around mm. and it shouldn't have taken such drastic circumstances for me to just get basic help. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've just always wondered like how people got help out there because, you know, mental health isn't really talked about in the black community. community. So it's, the conversation is getting better in Ireland and, mm-hmm. you know, things are improving a little bit, but from a, from what I'm seeing from a lot of people, they would have like families that would be able to support them or they were white. So like they were able to access help from people that looked like them. Mm-hmm. And in my circumstances, I didn't have either. Um, mental health is just seen as, um a weakness mm-hmm. um that you know our ancestors didn't go through all what what they did for us to be struggling with our mental health especially mm-hmm. living in western society because our parents came over to give us a better life mm-hmm. um and it was seen as like a first world issue or you know you weren't a good enough christian because i am a christian mm-hmm. um okay. so I just didn't have that support from the black community and then I didn't have support from like you know the system that said that they're supposed to help you you know so it's just a lot of jumping through the hoops and basically just speaking up um a lot of the times through social media on my stories Mm -hmm. um or just getting involved with organizations um to just vocalize these type of issues. And I guess that's a form of therapy for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, at the moment, like I actually had a follow-up check with the doctor from who's been like keeping the track of me since February. And, yeah. you know, the next time I'll be talking to him again would be like in four months. And it's just like so desperate for things to happen. And I know it's not you know an overnight thing like things won't change overnight like it takes time mm-hmm. but I feel like I'm being delayed in so many things that could have started off ages ago yeah um but I guess that's why I decided to be a mental health advocate to kind of slow down that process for other people who may be going through the same situation or I don't mind being <laughs> dragged through the dirt of having to go through a lot of the struggles if it helps another ethnic minority person um, to get help quicker or to be understood more seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's just kind of like a very um, summarized mm-hmm. <laughs> journey of how I kind of got into counseling. So at the moment I have a counselor um, with the National Counseling Service with the HSE mm-hmm. and it's just about I guess both of us educating each other kind of me doing more of the educating because she's a white therapist as well so like you know I'm not I'm not annoyed about it or anything because you can only learn from other people's experiences and stories and you know in a predominantly white society there's nothing wrong with being white there's nothing wrong with being black it's just about learning from each other and being willing to be open-minded um, and unlearn a few things that you might have had with unconscious biases or like things you thought were right and just 
learning from those with lived experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of the time I do talk about like how racism has affected my mental health. Um, and it's not even just like people saying like, you know, the N words to me or, mm-hmm. you know, all this and that. A lot of it is systematic. It's overt, it's covert, it's unconscious biases. Um, so struggling with any disorder or depression or anxiety or bipolar or anything is hard. And then it's 10 times as hard when you're black. Then it's 10 times as hard again when you have a disability. And then it's 10 times as hard when you're a woman. And then it's 10 times as hard when you're a person who is a young person. So all that is like literally me in all that category. So I just have like everything going at me and I'm just trying to not live to all the stereotypes. Like I'm, I don't label myself or I guess, um, like I know I'm, I'm more than all that's coming at me and just trying to break outside them. But it's just how it is in society. And it's just about, trying to dismantle these through conversation and Mm. education um so that's a lot of what we're doing in therapy and I'm trying to be patient because it's a lot of the time it's it's me kind of doing the educating to her and like she's learning and going back so I feel kind of like you know I'm I'm here to kind of recover but at the same time I'm I'm educating people Mm. at the same time so it's just consistently 24 7 of educating people whether it's you know consciously or unconsciously it's just always happening mm-hmm. um but I don't mind a little bit as long as it's all worth it in the end I guess yeah um, yeah well yeah that was a lot <laughs> sorry <laughs> no. no I mean I can't even begin to imagine how frustrating that whole process must have been to be told that you couldn't access services that you knew that you really that you really needed um yeah like that must have been so hard to deal with and as you're saying um all these other extra all these other factors come compounding it as well and mm. oh like I, you know I'm so pleased for you that you have been able to access the services now but at the same time it's just so it's discouraging to hear like that it took you such you know it was such an uphill struggle and you had to do it all yourself like you had to you (laughs) had to stick it out you had to fight for yourself like um your your resilience must you know you must have been drawn on serious resilience to be able to keep keep fighting for yourself and keep fighting to get what what you knew you needed yeah definitely like you know, when I, I could write a book about this sometimes because you like, <laughs> like literally when I tell people that like I've been through so much and it's not to say like, it's not to be like oppression Olympics of, of like, oh, I've had it worse than you, this, that, this, that, like, it's just the truth that like anything that you could possibly think of in your head right now, I've probably gone through it. Like, nine out of 10, I've probably gone through any type of circumstances or situation you could think of like in the whole world. (laughs) Um, So that's why I kind of like, I guess, 
just want to use my story to bring about change because there 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 has been a few times where I'm kind of like you know what's the point like I didn't I didn't exist to be educating people 24 7 mm. like you know it's just emotional labor you know every single day um, and a lot of the situations in my life you know I guess it's just I, ju- I guess it's just, you know, nature versus nurture. Like I could have gone down a really bad path in life um, and just given up or, you know, I just kind of decided that I want to be the change that I want to see in society. Mm-hmm. Um, and like sometimes, you know, <laughs> it is it is a bit, not even a bit, it is exhausting a lot of the times because like I try not to compare myself to other people's lives but like I do question sometimes like why does this happen and like it hasn't been any gaps in all these situations that happened to me it's just been consistent and gets worse each year and I'm just you know questioning my purpose a lot of the times and you know even now sometimes um I don't really know what my purpose is sometimes Um, and I'm still like trying to figure that out because just the pain is just there every single day and I'm just wondering you know will things get better Um, people are having conversations about mental health awareness but like are people actually putting actions behind our words and that's why you know it's a privilege to be apolitical in when you're talking about mental health because you know I don't have pr- that privilege of staying away from politics because at the end of the day you know if I'm just sitting around and complaining about things in society people will tell you to like get up and do something about it and then when you get up and actually try and do something about it people say things like especially as a woman they say things like you know you're so emotional you're so forward you're so this you're so that so you can't please people at the end of the day, no matter what side of the what <laughs> side of the spectrum that you're in, yeah. that you're on, um, so at the end of the day, you just need to just do you and mm. keep mo- moving forward in truth, um, and just hopefully praying for change to happen. Um, mm. And I know in my mind that like it's not going to happen overnight. It's mm. it's going to take a while, but you know the end result will be worth it in the end because you know looking even looking now um it's taken ages for mental health to be so openly spoken about where whereas it wasn't like that you know 10 20 years ago mm. so there is change happening mm. and change will continue to happen um and I guess that's that's my hope um mm. seeing other people speak about it seeing other people sharing their stories seeing other people being political in it because there's no point saying to me especially which is why I don't really (laughs) talk about it on my story I don't really talk about like yoga or meditation Mm -hmm. because you know they do help people but at the same time there is bigger factors that help sorry bigger factors that impact people's mental health like direct provision homelessness Um, male violence, ableism, ableism is a big one, especially, um, and so much more. And if you just tackle the root of the issue, then you prevent that domino effect of 
a mental health crisis and that's what's happened in my life like if things were pinpointed in the beginning then it wouldn't have led up to the situation that I'm in now um and yeah (laughs) I mean like they they do the other things do help but it's not a solution you know yeah um and it's even outrageous that you saw at the weekends um that psychologist roles were being advertised for like unpaid work and it's just kind of like you know this is why we need to be apolitical because you know we can't have these things keep happening and we can't keep having like budgets cut for mental health services um and you know if you're anti-racist you know racism affects every single aspect of my life it's not just slurs or anything you know it's all very ingrained in everything that I do from the moment I wake up to the moment I sleep it's in absolutely everything Mm. just most of the time it's unconscious um but yeah it's especially a a big factor in in mental health Mm -hmm. um which is why it took me a little bit longer um but I eventually got there with a fight and I'm, I'm trying to keep it there because like I'm sometimes I'm still scared that like they'll kind of brush me off because oh. I actually forgot to mention that I was um getting I was referred to counseling in November of 2020 and then they dropped me off oh and then <laughs> and then I got back in January after I kept going back to my GP doctor being like you know, cause counseling is online at the moment. So I actually got yeah. the link and I was sitting there cause I clicked onto the link and I was sitting there for three hours and I was like, Oh, why has nobody um, answered me back? And like, oh. like, you know, I was actually taken off the list and like, I got put back on and then have been going to counseling since January, since then. But like, you know, just to be told that like I was taken off the list and like no one informs me or anything. Like it was me doing the follow-up call and etc. Mm-hmm. Um so it's just like consistently fighting. And sometimes I do wish um, people fought for me and there is people fighting for me sometimes. Um, sometimes with the support on my social media, I'm not the most tech savvy person, not the most aesthetic, but as long as the message is being pushed out there, um, that's all that matters really. Mm. Um, and the youth service was a big role in I guess, trying to keep me alive, (laughs) Um, which is what inspired me to become a youth worker. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I've always wanted to be, you know, a mental health nurse and et cetera. But I'd rather catch young people at the beginning of when their mental health dips rather than like at the utmost crisis, you know? I'd rather be there to catch them before they fall. Yeah. Um, So, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> and so you're you're you were saying you're volunteering with the youth service um at the minute like do you, do you are the young people that you're working with like do, are they talking about their mental health like do you think that next generation kind of coming up behind you are they more open about talking about their mental health yeah they're definitely very open about their mental health like I volunteer with the youth service um and then I'm an action panel member with Spun Out. So they're an organization for young yeah. people by young people. Um, and we do all sorts of campaigns with uh, Spun Out, such as like sexual health education, 
um, LGBTQI plus awareness. Um, I'm on the BAME action panel. Um, so BAME stands for Black, Asian, Minority, Ethnic um, Community. And like there I talk about like racism and mental health awareness among ethnic minority communities in Ireland, especially. Um, and then I just, I guess, combine the two on my social media mm. um, and just kind of talk about it through the lens of my own experiences because I'm not a qualified, like, I'm, I don't have a degree in psychology and I'm not doing one in psychology. Um, and I don't want to give off the vibes that like, you know, um, I'm a professional or anything. I'm just like a normal, uh, well, not normal, a weird <laughs> person <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> um, but just like sharing my story um, yeah. to help other young people and to put actions behind that because I don't want to share my story and then like people being able to relate and that's it. I actually just want to see change happening and people yeah. actually having the conversations, not just using it as a buzzword because it's yeah. what I'm seeing a lot of the times on social media. Um, yeah, so yeah. I was I was saying to you before we started recording, uh, yeah, your the content that you put out on social media, I I, I think is really authentic, um, and yet your your passion and your your like it's your story that is so powerful and makes the impact, um, and the authenticity that you bring when you're sharing your story, um, so yeah, I think it's it's really powerful, and I am sure when you're working with young people it'll be the same thing you know your your authentic your authenticity and your passion for um yeah supporting and advocating for them I imagine is inspirational to them as well you know um <laughs> Thank but you so much. also I imagine it's also you know difficult to to you know, working with young people working with young people in a pandemic as well just yeah <laughs> it definitely is difficult sometimes um I guess especially on social media because you know I'm I I do call out certain things that I see in the mm -hmm. mental health education community like everyone is doing their best but sometimes it gets to a point where you know you you have to ask yourself the uncomfortable truths of you know, are you doing it because it's trendy to do it or it's quirky to do it or it's like the next and mm. the next cool thing to do or especially if you're just doing it to feel good because, you know, a lot of the times, you know, I'm, I'm not saying like I'm better than anyone else, but, you know, sometimes I don't enjoy doing mental health advocation work, but I just do because I'm just so desperate for change. And, mm. you know, it's not always it's not always like some sunshines and rainbows. Like sometimes I do get trolls here and there of like, you know, you make everything political or like, you know, you're doing oppression Olympics. Like everyone struggles with mental health. We all experience the same thing. But the truth is if you have a disability, just like, just like in the workplace, if you have a disability, you're going to be treated a certain way. You're going to be discriminated discriminated the same way. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just the truth that happens with ethnic minority communities. And then when you have the two on top, having the disability and then being black, it's just kind of like <laughs> everything's going through. Everything's just coming at you and you have to jump through certain barriers to get to the same place as 
everyone else. And you know, if if you're labeling if you're labeling yourself as anti-racist and you're seeing the work that I'm doing on social media, and if then and especially if you're seeing me getting trolled on social media mm-hmm. or you're seeing you know stereotypes about mental health among the black community and you're not speaking up about it then you're just as bad as a stand bystander mm-hmm. as the person that's doing all that as well um so like I don't know if it's like a separate topic but like <laughs> like you know it was it was really such an eye-opener to see the mental health advocation community in a different light in January when you know unfortunately um you know George died (laughs) in January just gone um and obviously when you have a mental health crisis you know not everybody's going to respond the same way Mm -hmm. not that anyone is saying that's right but you know not everyone is going to sit in one corner and cry that's what I do but another person the way they kind of vent off that energy would probably you know and it's it's not always pretty like people do break down in all types of way so you know it's just human nature and then to see a lot of mental health advocates stay in silence on the issue especially seeing all the energy being aimed at me like that was one of the reasons why I kind of ended up in hospital in in February mm-hmm. um and you know it's just like if your mental health advocation um, isn't intersectional, then it doesn't count. Mm. You know, just like if you're a feminist and if you're, if it's not intersectional, then it doesn't count. You know, like everyone needs to be on board, everyone needs to be included, and everyone needs to be valued. Um, there's no leaving anyone out, yeah. and it's all about using your privilege to, you know, pass the mic and amplify mm-hmm. and uplift other people you know and we all have different privileges like you know there's white privilege there is able-bodied privilege um you know for me my privilege would be being a diaspora so I would be Irish Nigerian but my privilege would be you know being a Nigerian and living in Ireland whereas like I'm not living in Nigeria and there's like Mm. all sorts happening over there Mm. so you know at the end of the day we all have different privileges and it's just about using them to bring about vital change in society. Um, and that's what my work really is about mm. on social media. Um, well, I try to do it in the best way that I can, um, mm-hmm. but, but there's only one of me and, mm. you know, together if we all use our voices, we can make big noise. Yeah. Um, and I think that's really powerful. Yeah. Yeah. I think there is definitely some hope around that there that there will hopefully be changes around how obviously Ireland has a different system than you know the UK but um yeah I'm kind of hopeful across both places that there will be some change because it can't continue the way that it is Mm. um and you're right like more people need to be shouting a bit louder maybe or collectively shouting a bit louder and shouting at the right people <laughs> um, yeah. and not not shouting at each other <laughs> um, definitely the right people <laughs> yeah yeah to to kind of get get things get things changed um and yes yeah, I, I want to ask you maybe a bit more about how you found counseling whenever you had been fighting for it for so long and you kind of mentioned already that 
you're still filling that educational role even in the counselling relationship but was it was it what you expected when you finally got access to it um so before I accessed therapy um I actually wrote down a few um the biggest one for me would be thinking that the therapist would cure my mental illness so I went in there with the mentality of like you know physical symptoms of like if I take paracetamol my headache's gonna go in an hour Mm -hmm. (laughs) so I kind of went in with that mentality and then you know that was in Pieta House the first time and you know my therapist he was a man but like surprisingly he was actually he was actually very understanding and open because I've not had great experiences with male (laughs) uh, health professionals so I was really surprised with him um but I guess it kind of made me sit with uncomfortable truths about myself because you know I was going in there expecting him to do all the work and like fix me because I was so tired of doing the work myself my whole life that like when I went in there I was just like you know what I'm gonna sit here and let him fix me and then I realized that like you know unlike physical symptoms like they really cannot read your mind so you just have to kind of try and open up in to him Mm -hmm. and you know it it took until like the seventh session for me to actually say hi to him like I would go in there and just sit in silence and then that was it done Mm -hmm. and then I realized my I realized you know blessing there actually is a different way of communicating than opening your mouth so like this next time I went in I would get like a paper and like write down my feelings and then Mm. he would read it out and then it actually worked since then and I was just so frustrated as to why no one said to me in the beginning you do know you can communicate in a different way you know and you know, it's the way I still communicate on social media as well. <laughs> like, I don't have videos of me talking because I'm just really shy and awkward and I'm trying to, like, break through that. But, mm-hmm. you know, writing and getting my feelings down on paper, on on social media or in article writing and mm-hmm. etc. It's the way I can get my voice um, heard. And, you know, that was one of the first things that was hard to kind of overcome in therapy that like it's not a quick solution Mm -hmm. I guess it's going to be something that you have to explore in yourself um deeply Mm -hmm. and just kind of be patient with yourself and Mm -hmm. really be honest with your therapist as well because like sometimes you do feel horrible um questioning yourself of like why you think a certain way why you act a certain way um and then it kind of goes into overthinking of like, you know, if I did this, maybe I wouldn't be like that mm-hmm. and this and that. But the biggest one definitely is like, there was no point staying quiet because he can't read my mind. So it was just mm-hmm. kind of like um, opening up. And then yeah. I think the next one would be, yeah, just being told. I like, I was just told growing up that therapy is for white people therapy is for people who have been in serious situations mm-hmm. and you know being an adult now I realized that my mom was struggling with her mental health and she just didn't realize at the time still doesn't realize it now 
um our relationship it's it's not it's not great but we still have a relationship because you know all the things that she went through I don't blame her for the way she raised me it was just she raised me in the form of responding to her own trauma so she was just kind of navigating life with unresolved trauma and then it kind of got passed on to me and so now it's just up to me to kind of break that generational trauma and not pass that on to my own kids or not pass to anyone because you know I'm not responsible for what happens to me but I am responsible to how uh, I react to it and how I react to other people around me um so that was an eye-opener and sometimes it's just difficult because I sit there thinking you know I have a right to feel like this I have a right to feel like that and like you know it is true but at the end of the day there's no point trying to I guess destruct yourself if your life has already been destructed your whole life and then you're you're you know yourself yourself harming yourself in that way like you know neglecting yourself and you know, it is hard, but, you know, I guess it's just trying to push that mindset behind you and, and just say, you know, move forward. And at the moment, it's just really hard because things just keep popping up. And I'm just there like, Lord, you are testing me each day. Like, come on, you know, <laughs> come on. <laughs> um, but yeah, they, I think they them two were the really hard ones um, of just having to educate myself um and unlearn and learn new things and do the work for myself and then for my family hopefully for the community as well mm-hmm. and hopefully for like Irish society and again this is why having support from other people is important because I'm only one person and I can't change everything I'm not that important um but important enough to I guess yeah. vocalize these things absolutely yeah um, yeah <laughs> And you just, you just don't know how far reaching your impact is. You know, you don't know the, the amount of conversations that you've maybe opened up for people because they've been able to, oh, have you seen what Blessings posted today? Or given people courage to talk about their own stories and experiences because they've seen you opening up. And, you know, so you just don't, don't undersell yourself Blessing at all. You know, you just don't know the, the far reaching impact that what you're doing and especially working with young people like you may not see the fruits of your labor straight away but years to come you just you don't know what impact your influence on their life has had Mm -hmm. um yeah so yeah don't definitely don't be selling your selling yourself short I Um, do enjoy working with young people it's because like a lot of times young people get such bad rep hmm. and people don't focus on what led up to how certain young people act. They only focus on the situation in that moment. Mm. And sometimes you just have to explore deeper into, you know, why they think like that, why they act like that, why they're in that situation. And it's really just about, you know, questioning yourself and then being very non-judgmental. Um, cause it is hard. Cause at the end of the day, I won't lie. We all judge people, <laughs> whether we, whether we realize it or not, but it's just about putting that into practice and, you know, giving people chances. Like I'm a big believer in giving people chances. I'm not really about, you know, the cancel culture because mm. at the end of the day, no one is born perfect. Um, 
again, nature versus nurture. <laughs> I, 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 it's, it's psychology is just amazing because, you know, you can have people who grew up in the best circumstances and turn out to be shitty people. Oh, mm-hmm. I didn't <laughs> turn out to be really bad people. Yeah. And then you can have people who grew up in the worst of situations and turn out to be amazing people and then vice versa. Um, but at the end of the day, it's just, I guess, look of which side you kind of, I don't know, are kind of um, developing in. Mm. For me, I think, I don't know which side I'm in because I'm kind of swinging be- between both of them. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, you know, I just have that mentality that like no, no one wakes up to the person that they are. People go through experiences, people go through events in their life whether it was good or bad that shapes who they are mm-hmm. um, and then it's just up to us to equip the young people because they are the future of tomorrow and mm-hmm. you know society will improve if we invest in them early mm-hmm. rather than just you know tossing them to one side mm-hmm. um, and not centering yourself in situations that are not about you because like working with young people it's not about you it's about them mm-hmm. um, so it's it's not easy sometimes, but it, it is rewarding at the end of the day when you do see change happening in her life. Um, and then, you know, me working with them, I can see some of the, I can see some of the young blessing in them. And, yeah. you know, I guess that's what mo- motivates me that I wish I had someone that was there for me. Because, mm. um, you know, Irish society is multicultural and, you know, you need people that look like you to mm. help you, you know, it's just human nature. And um, you see women in politics, women are more inspired to go into politics because they see women in politics, women in sports and etc. So it's just kind of, you know, that same mentality mm. a little bit. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, visibility is so important. Mm. Yeah. And so your, your time in counselling um, and, you know, seeing a counselor now, I, yeah have there been any kind of tools or strategies that they've given you that you know have have been beneficial or that you still use um with the tools that i learned from the eden program last year mm-hmm. um there there was different tools of like grounding myself yeah um and you know coming up with you know if I was in a crisis coming up with like a plan mm. to have um, beforehand. So like a plan that I would usually kind of go to um, instead of like when it happens and then like yeah. going into a spiral. So like for me, things would be um, grounding myself um, listening to music mm-hmm. um, having certain contacts in my phone to contact people mm. um, journaling um and then like keeping a track of my emotions so I can bring it up in, you know, therapy next time. Because sometimes I do go in and and like don't know what to talk about. And, you know, time is so precious mm. and you want to get the most out of your session. And um, especially if you're desperate to get better, like, you know, there's no point trying to waste your time, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so they were the tools that um, I kind of got from therapy and I think the biggest one would be kind of to give yourself grace Mm. um because sometimes you do go in there and 
you know self-stigma is a huge thing like sometimes you do stigmatize yourself and it's just always like you know like why am I struggling and you start comparing yourself to other people being like you know other people have it worse than me Mm -hmm. or like you know like why am I struggling like this and if I've only done this then things would be better and you know it's just give yourself grace that like we're human we're not perfect we're not robots um a lot a lot of experiences that we happen they just happen and I guess just navigating how to respond to them yeah. and kind of build up resilience um because at the moment I don't really have any <laughs> um because I I don't know I've, I've kind of given up but I'm, I'm I'm just trying to keep pushing because mm. I used to have a love-hate relationship with that word because like sometimes I just don't want to be strong like mm. I just want to be I just want to be a kid I had mm. to grow up very very quick when I was young mm. so I've always been active in adult mode since I was a kid Mm -hmm. and you know just didn't understand why I was a certain way but now it's like you know therapy it's it's about me Mm -hmm. like as selfish as it sounds it's about me because I do go in there I like the therapist is like how are you blessing and I'm like good good how are you how's your kids how's and (laughs) and the therapist is just there like this is for you you know and you know, it, it, it's, there's nothing wrong with being selfish. There's nothing wrong with investing in your own health, you know, because we do that a lot with physical health. Why not yeah. with mental health, you mm-hmm. know? Um, so that's what I've kind of taken away from it. Mm. Oh, blessing. I like, I, I, I'm so like, <laughs> thank you. Like, th- I mean, thank you so much for sharing your story with us. Like, um yeah I have yeah <laughs> kind of, I have, you have rendered me speechless um, um yeah just yeah I appreciate the vulnerability of of talking about the experiences that you've had and you do it so you do it so well and your passion comes across really clearly um so yeah I, you know I just I want you to know that I do really appreciate that that it, it, it yeah the vulnerability and the you know that this might have um yeah been hard to share your story and I just really really appreciate it um oh goodness um before we kind of <laughs> round before we round things off is there anything is there anything we have covered so much in, <laughs> yeah in an hour I mean but I, I do want to give you the opportunity if there's anything else that you specifically want to highlight or want to talk about that we haven't got to um so there is when if people are listening to this podcast I want people to follow Black Therapist Ireland they are on Instagram and you know they are accredited um therapists and counselors on that page they're, they're private mm. um but you know they they are there for ethnic minority communities uh, in Ireland to access support and even though they're called Black Therapist Ireland it's not just for black people um, anyone of ethnic minority from the traveling community from the Asian community etc um, white people can attend to them as well it's just to give the option that you know there is people that look like them that wants to help yeah. them out um, 
so they have like um a website as well mm-hmm. um i just mentioned their instagram page because that's where i found them the most and yeah. um, well they found me first <laughs> <laughs> and they set up in october 2020 and yeah they're just amazing mm-hmm. um and I really want to just amplify that service because, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm sure they're doing a lot of, they are doing a lot of work at the moment to get their awareness out. And I want to do my best in doing that mm-hmm. um, and spreading support mm-hmm. that might not necessarily be well known. Like I know Karja is another um, ethnic minority organization. They help with like health as well and other things. So like Black Therapist Ireland and Karja would be the two that would come to my mind immediately. Um, And then again, it's just important that these are amplified because, you know, Irish Irish society is multicultural at the moment. And it's just important that if we say that there's help out there, that everyone is able to access them for like different reasons um and that everyone is validated in whatever they're looking for um and yeah <laughs> I think that that's really it mm-hmm. um you know it's it's not enough to be not racist it's you have to be anti-racist in whatever advocation work that you're doing whether it's like mental health advocation or you know advocating for those with disabilities advocating advocating for anything really especially if you're working with people it's a big thing to you know really be informed with other things in society especially if you're being told you know it's it's another story if you didn't know Mm. and then you find out but when people are you know putting emotional labor into telling you that these things are out there and then you're not taking it upon yourself to be educated you know there's only so much I can do in yeah. giving people the tools and putting things in my bio and being like you know check this out check that out but I can't do the work for you yeah. um so it's just about you know putting actions behind your words and mm-hmm. really meaning it you know mm-hmm. um yeah <laughs> yeah brilliant yeah well I'll um yeah I'll link those two organizations in the story notes and when I share your episode in social media I may, I'll make sure that I'll I'll tag you and I'll I'll tag them as well to to try and yeah um to yeah ampl- amplify them too oh man <laughs> <laughs> I feel I feel like I need to talk about how I feel <laughs> how this episode has made me feel but that's that's not the point of the episode um you so- can if you want to <laughs> Uh, yeah so blessing uh, yeah we could we could keep nattering for a long time um but i'm mindful of of your time um so yeah again thank you so much for speaking to me um so yeah the final kind of rounding off traditional question so blessing how has this made you feel chatting to me this evening i feel like i got my therapy session today (laughs) (laughs) literally um because I was originally so nervous um, with speaking out because like I said previously, I'm more comfortable with writing because I'm more um, articulate and more accurate with with writing. But when it comes to words, I'm like all over the place. 
um but you've made me like feel so comfortable um just speaking that like I even forgot like this was being recorded sometimes <laughs> and you know you just you just came across as like very very aware of like a lot of things in society and like you know you just came across as giving people space mm. to speak about these issues and giving people a platform and you know it's not every day that that happens to me like I've been doing advocation work about this since I was 16 mm. then joined social media at 18 and you know it's not it's not that like I'm trying to do the work to gain self-recognition or anything mm -hmm. all I just want is for change to happen yeah. and you know I just keep getting dismissed and gaslighted and etc and then for opportunities like this where I actually get to vocalize and reach wider audiences mm -hmm. just for change to happen yeah. um, it's just amazing in itself and that's all I really want in life like I don't really want anything else that's mm -hmm. I just want people to be happy yeah <laughs> and that's really it you know yeah. um and yeah <laughs> yeah well listen you have come you are incredibly articulate when you're speaking <laughs> and very accurate so I, I yeah I can only encourage you to um yeah to consider keep speaking in this kind of format because you do you come across you come across so well and again the authentic your authenticity when sharing your story is really really powerful so keep keep Thank going with so the much. written with the written stuff but also like again don't um yeah don't don't sell yourself short in this in this respect like you're very good at um at, at oh, the, at thank you so time. much for that encouragement <laughs> yeah oh listen oh my I mean I can barely string sentences together tonight like you you know you have been incredibly yeah you've come across so well I have been hanging on your every word <laughs> um so yeah if yeah just so much encouragement that you know to to have some self-belief around your ability to do do this kind of this kind of medium you, you know you can you can do it so well um, yeah, and I'll, I'll stop fangirling on you now, blessing. <laughs> oh, Scarlet now. Scarlet. Scarlet. I love your Dublinism. <laughs> but yeah, I like I I look forward to you know following what else you're doing and supporting in any way I can what you're doing. And yeah, like keep it's your as it, like your resilience and your ability to persevere and fight is yeah just really inspirational and yeah I, I hope things I hope things ease up for you but also you know just yeah to encourage you and the really amazing work that you're doing around it all I'll keep fighting mm -hmm.